Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Monday, March 4th. Welcome, everybody. This is Fantasy Football Today. We got a lot to get to. Because Jamie's back. What's up, Jamie? How you doing? How was Indianapolis? It was awesome. It was uh, it was very cool to be at the Combine for the first time and just to see it all unfold. Um, I will say that I never, ever, ever in my life want to hear a bench press going on ever again. <laughs> Why? Because it's right behind us when we were doing our show. And so you hear the, the, the hype guy, I guess, essentially, or the announcer. Yeah. Trying to get the crowd going. They let fans come in to watch. <laughs> and so you, you get a lot of screaming and yelling. And it was literally like, all right, we're going live at 4 o'clock, 3.45. The bench press for offensive linemen will start in 15 minutes. Like, oh, God. Well, I can so, make you promise, Jamie. You, you come to my house, you will never have to hear anybody bench press. Um, I may be coming to your house in a couple weeks. Oh, fun. All right. And Heath is here as well. Hey, Heath. I'm never coming to your house. First <laughs> off, I'm not going to get invited. And second off, I'm, I'm not going. I just knew I invited myself. What would you kind rather of, do? Well, kind he, of feels creepy. Yeah. Probably with some weird stuff there. I'll give you, no, I'll give you two options. You can come to my, come to my house. I'll have dinner or okay. go to the NFL combine. Oh, combine. Really? Yeah. We had an interesting conversation that with, hurts. uh, the alien known as Pete Prisco. Drink. Drink. Um, he, he will never go to anybody's house to have dinner. Ugh, what a stupid thing. That's why he's an alien, because he's the strangest human being I've ever encountered. All right, so listen, I was going to read this email later, fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. I'm just going to read it now. It's from Nick. Why do you say drink after Pete Prisco's name? It's making me crazy trying to figure it out, LOL. I, I don't think we should explain it. <laughs> we should. <laughs> because Jamie says Pete Prisco so much that I said it was a drinking game, so you have to drink every time. I always have my water here, and I always drink every time. Jamie and I, I, told, I told Pete that you literally drink every time, which is... Very funny. Um, yeah. I, I also tweeted something on the. I'm like, I'm sitting next to him on the plane, such a doozy of a flight, and I got like, drink, 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 drink <laughs> <laughs> replies. Yeah, people do that on flights. All right, so got some combine notes, eh, mostly combine notes. Huge news with Arizona looks trending in the uh, Kyler Murray direction. Maybe trading Josh Rosen. Uh, Nick Foles looks like he'll be on the Jaguars, according to reports. Obviously, an Antonio Brown note. Obviously, a Le'Veon Bell note. A Carson Wentz note. Alex Collins getting away. We'll get to that. But I asked Jamie what his uh, major takeaways were from the combine. And okay, let's start with Todd Gurley. I all right, all right. He's not number one anymore. Yeah, <laughs> he may not be a first round pick. Uh, so what's the latest? What's the deal? Well, our John Breach did a fantastic job. He was, I think, the first one to really get into this about what the knee situation is. Um, he uh, he spoke to. A member of the Rams organization and then did a great job sort of uh, hashing this out and, and reporting on this, uh, talking to Sean McVay um, privately and also, uh, you know, kind of just reading between the lines of what McVay and, and Les, Need, Les Sneed, the general manager, said. I encourage you to read the story on CBSSports.com. Uh, there was a report after that. Uh, the, the the report that John has is that he may not need surgery on his knee, but he may need stem cell treatment on his knee. And then if you listen to what McVeigh and Les Need said, that they're kind of open to sharing touches for him. And and I think, you know, Sneed almost said running back by committee, uh, which is frightening given what Gurley's workload has been the last couple of years. But if the knee is a problem, it could be an issue. And, and McVeigh sort of talked about, you know, now that they've been to the playoffs the last two years, obviously the Super Bowl this past year, making sure that they're at 100% once they get to the end of the season. So it could be maybe, you know, an early season situation where he's sharing touches and, and works his way back to being the guy that we know. And this is clearly all speculation. Um, but it does not sound good. If they're going to sign somebody of significance, keep C.J. Anderson, maybe draft somebody, um, it's it's the the NFL draft with running backs is not necessarily top heavy with a star like a Saquon Barkley or a Zeke or or a Leonard Fournette those type of guys that went you know in the top five, but there is a deep group here that could go day two day three, in some cases day four that could still make an impact. Excuse me, day two or day three. There's no more day four. Um, <laughs> still make an impact uh in, in, on on a roster. So uh, I'm I'm a little nervous about Gurley. Um, 
And, and then the second report that came out that he may have arthritis in his knee. So it could be a situation that the knee is getting worse uh, slowly, but it's, it's, it's definitely an issue. Okay. Well, is he a first-round pick? Well, you're, I, you're drafting I mean, today. What do you think? I think the only people drafting today are probably best ball drafts, and I, wouldn't, I can understand if you wanted to do it. I was just looking at my running back rankings. I don't think I can rank him as a first-round pick today. I've got him uh, just I, – I think that Le'Veon Bell range in the second round is fine because there's some uncertainty about both those guys in terms of where they're going to be and what their roles go, or what their role is going to be next year. Um, I've got him at number 11 at running back. Okay, so he was the number one running back in non-PPR and number three in PPR last year. And that was with the fourth most carries in the NFL, 256. Zeke had 304, Barkley 261, Johnson, David Johnson 258, Todd Gurley 256, and Adrian Peterson. And that was with missing two games. That was with missing two games. The year before, Todd Gurley had a similar amount of carries. He had 279 with one more game. He's never had more than 279. So he's a big touch guy. He's not a Zeke level. Um, but he scores so many touchdowns, so... If he gets 220 carries and 50 catches, do you think he's? A, do you think he performs as a first round pick? Yes, I would say. Not, I would say I'm yes, not, but Heath, I would probably say no. Okay, because Christian McCaffrey had. Well, he's he had so many catches. How about James Conner? I mean, there, there's James not going to be a lot of guys that score at his level. Right, that's the thing. James Conner had 215 carries and 55 catches. And even with the missed time, I do believe he performed like a first-round pick. I think he was eighth. Eighth. Yeah. Uh, yep. One, two, three, four. I got him seventh. So, yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, he's going to be up 4.8-ish yards per carry probably. He's going to score touchdowns. And and Whitworth coming back certainly helps. And if they're able to keep Saffold or some semblance of keeping this offensive line at the level that it's at, the, the question becomes is, you're you're basically buying what could be a time bomb, right? Right. Because it's, it's, yeah, it's not just what two twenty and fifty is; it's two twenty and fifty with the risk that he's going to miss. Yeah, I'm, well, I, I think I think to Adam's point, if you know you're getting two seventy in terms of his touches, you'll buy that. Yeah, touches. But are carries. you getting the two seventy? That's the question. Sure. All right. So what'd you find out? Next topic: Seattle, uh, the Seahawks, both their backfield and the health of Doug Baldwin. So uh, I, I said this on uh, on one of our shows in Indianapolis, whether it was uh, on CBS Sports HQ or on Will Brinson's uh, Pick 6 podcast, that if you were to say the, the the several certainties coming out of the NFL Combine, it would have been, what's Kyler Murray's height? Is St. Elmo's really a great restaurant? And is the food fantastic? And Pete Carroll will say that there is competition at positions. <laughs> so those would have been the three things that I would have told you going into Indianapolis. And so what did Pete Carroll say about his running backs? We have a one-two punch. I don't know who the one is, and I don't know who the two is. <laughs> so he he talked glowingly about both guys. Um, it seems as if they're going to give Chris Carson the first opportunity, but that might just be out of respect for the, what he did a season ago. It I think not knowing where the free agents go, not knowing the draft situation, it could be the most frustrating backfield in March to break down given what the potential could be for those guys, because we saw what it could be last year, how, how Carson performed. Heath, who are you going to rank ahead as of right now? As of right now, it's Carson. I do think, I mean, Penny still has something to prove. He had some some flashes last year where he showed, and I, I have no doubt that he has more upside than Carson does, but he's still got to prove that he can run between the tackles like Carson does 15 times a game. And so I, I, I think there's a chance that he does that. And he has, if he gets that 60% of the role instead of 40%, then I'll rank him higher than I have Carson ranked right now. But as of right now, I think it's Carson. I, I, I would agree. I, I think it's just a matter of where you feel comfortable taking Carson. And then at what point do you have to take Penny to maybe lock up that backfield? Or do you just want to take Penny and see what happens? Right. You know, that's the 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 game you play with the Seahawks backfield because you could spend an early pick on Carson he could still prove that he's the better of the two and Penny doesn't know what he's doing because I think Penny a lot of the things they did last year were just based on pure athleticism I don't know if he's good at pass blocking I don't know if he's a capable receiver out of the backfield I think he can be I mean 
I'm sure Seattle thinks he can be based on what they invested in him last year. It just makes you wonder why they invested in him last year in <laughs> the first round. So, um, uh, I, I, I think you, you should still plan on Carson first. It's just a matter of how high you want to, you know, spend that capital given that he could end up losing the job at some point. Would you take Carson or Devontae Freeman? Carson for now. I might go Freeman for now if it's just Freeman and Ito Smith. If they add somebody else, that'll change it. Carson or Philip Lindsay? Lindsay. Lindsay. Okay. And what's uh what's going on with Doug Baldwin? Obviously hampered with the injuries last year. Very disappointing, but consistent top twelve wide receiver before last season. So two surgeries uh since the offseason, one on his shoulder, one on his uh, knee, the knee was the, the big issue last year, as you recall. You know, he said he was never going to be 100%. Um, I want to, uh, find the quote here from, from, uh, Mr. Optimism. So he said, uh, sorry, I'm just going through all the, <laughs> yeah, no, this is great. All the running quote, back stuff. Quote uh, he's right, making man. progress, working hard on it. Carol said about Baldwin. He's working at the facility regularly. His, sprint, his spirits are good about it. He's got some work to do. He's got a shoulder and a knee thing that he's working on. He's got some, he's got stuff fixed up. Um, asked about if he is still going to be a big part of the team next year. I hope so. Yeah, I'm counting on it. He had a really frustrating year. We went through it side by side. It was so difficult to watch him have to go through it. He's was such a gallant warrior about fighting through the stuff. Everything he had, he beat the timelines by halves. It was tough. He couldn't practice the way we like him to. And the way he wants to, it was frustrating for him, just the whole thing was. The fact that he finished up and made some big plays for us and did some stuff at the end of the season was really rewarding, but not enough for his ex- expectations and all that. So it was a hard year for him. I think he's going to be one of the best bounce-back candidates next year if they don't add something significant. Because I think he's, I believe he's 31. Still, yeah, 31 in September. Um, if he's if he's 85, 90% of what he usually is, he's going to fall, what would you say, sixth round? Oh, Yeah. That range or like I, I think he, I think he may go behind Lockett. Right. So th- there's just there's too much to like, even in an offense that doesn't throw the ball a lot. Even though he's trending in the wrong direction, if you get him and he's still quote unquote number one guy there, because I think he'll still lead them in targets, even though Lockett may score more, uh, you're going to be happy about the end result if he's right and and what Doug, Doug Baldwin typically brings. Any thoughts? Would you take Lockett or Baldwin, Heath? I'm, it's probably going to come down to format for me. I think in non PPR, I'd rather have Lockett, and PPR, I'd rather have Baldwin. He, I, I love Doug Baldwin, and he works harder than anybody else. And so, if anybody's going to come back, I, I would expect it's going to be him. But also, thirty, the wrong side of thirty, and recovering from two different surgeries, and on a team that's going to throw it four hundred and twenty-five times, it, it's a tough path. They ran the ball so well last year. They had three running backs. At four four point six to four point nine yards per carry, that's really good. They led the NFL in rushing yards, fifth in yards per carry. Russell Wilson played a role in that. Sixty seven carries, three hundred seventy six yards, five point six yards per carry. But that was their mo uh, for sure. Now let's talk about Jarek McKinnon because another team that ran the ball pretty well, the San Francisco Forty ers Matt Breida averaged five point three yards per carry. Jeff Wilson wasn't bad. Where he mostert only thirty four carries, but seven point seven yards per carry. Seems like they were better than certainly I expected without Jarek McKinnon. And uh, and also Dante Pettis, your two wide receiver, who uh, I am over the moon about. Well, what can you tell us, Jamie, about uh, the 49ers? Well, the fact that they're already talking about McKinnon as the starter now, I think is encouraging if you still have shares of Jarek McKinnon in Dynasty Leagues. You know, you got to be encouraged by that because, you know, there was some thought about, okay, would he be the, the full-time guy last year? And... You know, I, I think they know what Matt Breida is. You know, based on health, he probably can't be a full-time guy. Um, I think they seem to like those two guys, but that'll probably be what they do in with their backfield. Uh, I, I'm, I still think you gotta, you, if he's 100%, remember, he had the injury pre, prior to the season. It was the last day of practice for the 49ers before the season started after the preseason. I, I think he's somebody you draft as a, depending on how you build your team, you know, low-end number two, flex type of running back, preferably a number three guy. But you said it, Adam. They ran the ball really well. It was the reason why I liked him last year. Kyle Shanahan produces great numbers from that spot, uh, whether it was Mostert, Jeff Wilson, you know, a couple times Alfred Morris, and, and obviously Matt Breida. They'll use multiple guys, but I think McKinnon will lead that backfield. So I'm, I'm excited about him coming back and, and the words that they're saying, uh, at least in March right now. Heath, are you thinking Jarek McKinnon or Chris Carson right now? Well, again, probably format. I, 
I'd take Carson in non PPR. I think you take McKinnon in PPR and McKinnon, I would say has more upside. I, I do think these two situations will be similar in that there's going to be a, a two headed monster one way or the other. I don't see anybody getting, I don't see McKinnon getting near as many touches as maybe Carson did last year, but he should be in that 250 range. I would expect if he stays healthy and plays 16 games and a lot of those touches are going to be a, catching the ball out of the backfield, which are generally more valuable in fantasy. Does McKinnon have first round upside? I think that's a reach, but you know, top thirty six upside. Yeah. Look, he, well, the, I, if, the, I mean, if he's if you're telling me that he's the starter for the Forty ers then I would I would consider him with a top thirty six pick. I, I would say the way I I view him is kind of like what Marlon Mack did last year. Like that would be a great season for me. Obviously, staying healthy. Yeah, well, I would say that Mack certainly just def- it, like if Mack played as well as he did when healthy for a full season, he's probably a second round pick. Yeah, I think that's I the guess. ceiling for McKinnon. I, I think those guys are somewhat similar. You know, they're going to be in offenses that you know for the Colts. I don't know if system benefits as much as offensive line and offense, whereas Forty ers it's system more so than I think. The stuff around him, if that makes sense. So I, I I like McKinnon's situation probably better, but um, I I I think it's just a fair co- comparison because I don't think these guys have the chance to be the best of the best, the elite level guys. But like the ceiling for me would probably be like like Philip Lindsay. Okay, okay, gotcha. I don't think you're getting first round value in return, but I think you get top fifteen value at that position. Right. All right. Last thing, Jamie. I know you you entered the combine loving Carry On Johnson. Well, I, I'll just give you, because you mentioned John Lynch's quote on, on Dante Pettis. Oh, Pettis, right. Uh, yes. We love the way he closed the season, Lynch said. Uh, there's some maturation that I think is naturally going to come in terms of putting some girth on and some strength. I think this offseason is very important for him. Now, you know that they're uh, clearly going to be in the Antonio Brown mix. This is a team that needs an upgrade at receiver. And similar to Baldwin, but on a much lower scale, I'm sure Heath would agree. Uh, if you get a healthy Jimmy Garoppolo, a healthy Marquise Goodwin, all the expectations that we had for Goodwin last year are still there. If in fact this is the receiving core, because Pettis will step into Pierre Garcon's role at at the minimum, and could be their number one guy, but but certainly uh, may not have the ceiling that what Goodwin can get to. You know, it's almost like uh, the Seahawks. Goodwin right. could be Lockett, and Pettis could be Baldwin, which is not a a uh, uh, um, a slap in the face. Wait, Goodwin could be Lockett, or or Goodwin could be Baldwin. I would say Goodwin could be Lockett. Okay, Pettis would be the one that would be probably the reception leader. Okay, but but Baldwin has been a much better receiver than Lockett last year. Aside with oh, Lockett, Lockett was sure. like the luckiest receiver in fantasy. Yeah, yeah, no, no. This, this is this is saying that Goodwin is more of the the downfield guy. Uh huh. Right, right. And and but you know could be a thousand yards and six seven touchdowns. I don't know if Pettis can you know do that yet. Oh, but he can, Jamie. <laughs> um, <laughs> but clearly they they're gonna you know make him a focal point. You know whether he's the the one or the two. That, I think, is going to determine how good this 49ers offense can be, obviously factoring in George Kittle in the passing game as well. Heath, let me give you uh, Dante Pettis' ridiculous pace based on his last four healthy games down the stretch because he got hurt early in the in his final game of the season. Um, in those four games, 16-game pace with 68 catches, 1,352 yards, and a robust 16 touchdowns <laughs> on 19.9 yards per catch. I take that back. I guess he <laughs> Yeah, he was obviously uh, too good at the end of last year, but um, uh, yeah, uh, is, is anybody like I? I like Dante Pettis right now more than any other year two wide receiver. Does anybody else feel that way in the world? Forever or for this year? For 2019. I think I have him at the highest at this oh. point. Okay. DJ Moore is right there with him. I, I'd prefer DJ Moore in PPR. I think. Okay. All right, and Jamie, let's let's wrap up with uh Carry on Johnson. I assume you have his jersey now. <laughs> and <laughs> what did you learn about him? Did it make you more excited or less excited about Carry on? It's sort of mixed because, you know, it it seems as if they're going to lean on him the most, but it also sounds like they're open to running back by committee. You know, between uh Bob Quinn the general manager and Matt Patricia who said, "We kind of used Carry on Johnson to surprise people last year." Well, maybe if you played him more, you would have. Yeah, uh, right. I mean, surprise! You had a right. bad year. <laughs> um, I I don't imagine them investing in investing significantly at that position. 
but obviously based on Johnson's injury track record, they probably need to add, add someone there. Um, that I think will be the determining factor overall because Theo Riddick is still, as of now, under contract. Uh, LeGarrette Blunt is not expected to return. So I, I still like the upside for, for Kerryon Johnson, but I'm very curious to see what they're going to do because that will sway, I think, no matter what they're saying, even though they're kind of indicating that they want to have another guy. Um, you know, if it's a, a day five guy in the draft, um, if it's a day, day three <laughs> guy, um, then, you know, that's a little bit more telling. But if it's a, a day two guy, even if they traded up to get Kerryon Johnson last season, we'll see how that goes. Did you guys watch the Sunday version of the NFL draft when it used to be Saturday, Sunday? But, yeah, wasn't working yet. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, when I, when I was a kid, I don't know if you were. I'm talking like before you started in the industry, mm-hmm. when you were just a fan, because that was really so boring. Yet I feel like I couldn't take my eyes off of it. It was such a big deal back then. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, even though it's changed, it's still a big deal. It, it's funny though, because from a work perspective, we kind of approached that day as let's just recap the teams, and then when you get you know one of the headlining names that has slipped. Or, you know, yeah. not headline names, but, you know. Right. The big stories. That's like if a Trace McSorley goes around, around seven, you know. Oh, that's interesting. You yeah. Know, that's the, the, the type of prospect conversation we usually have. It's usually more wrapping up the team. Like, I, right now, I basically am glued on Thursday. And I'm totally fine just, just kind of catching up on it after Friday and Saturday. Whereas when I was younger, I felt like I couldn't stop watching. Heath, how about you? Talk about your childhood. Yeah, I don't think I had the same Sunday experience you did, but I had like friends. <laughs> and so <laughs> I watched I was, with my friends, I, you know. I was probably doing other things. We watched. We ordered pizzas. But I'm I'm watched. more likely to watch the last day now than I was then for sure. Uh, how is the pizza in, in uh Missouri? Where um, you know, where you're it's from? It's just not, nothing special. Yeah. Yes. Like it's, we have all the regular chain pizza and it's fine, but there's no Kansas City pizza. Yeah, right. Yeah. And someone's going to email the show now and say that this place has the Kansas <laughs> whatever. It's well, not. you just get barbecue instead when you watch the. It's draft. just it's not nationally known like right, like Adam's favorite or Dave's favorite. Uh, I mean, I, I what's my favorite? I would say Anthony's? Kansas City pizza is everybody as good as the New York pizza. New York pizza I had probably better. Uh, that did. It's what happens when you eat in, in your hotel lobby or wherever you ate. Uh, so speaking of which, let's talk about Jamie's experience in Indianapolis with a rapid-fire combine questions segment. Jamie, best drill to watch? Live? You can only see the, the bench press. Oh, really? Yeah. Ooh. Everything else is on, you're on TV. Worst, All right, audible. Worst? You, you, like you weren't allowed to watch the 40? No. I'm, I'm aud- audibling. What drill does Adam have a chance in competing against anyone else in the podcast in? Three cone. The three cone, okay. Yeah. Which apparently DK Metcalf. Wait a second, wait, 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 wait. You said competing against anyone in the podcast? Right. Who do you think wins the 40? Oh, I'll beat you in the 40. I think I'd beat you in the 42. Okay, but I'd beat Dave. True. Possibly. Okay, finish top two. We'll go finish top two. Okay. <laughs> it's not bench press. It's definitely not like any jumping. I, I cannot Bench press will be interesting because I, I I I won't say it. Do I they have anything? Much. Do they have anything less than the bar to bench press? No, you got to go two twenty five, right? You got to go two twenty five. Okay, I'll do the bar. Could you Could you do that once? No chance. No chance. No chance. I I'd struggle to do it once. I'm yeah. not sure if I could or not. Yeah, I yeah. doubt it. But <laughs> uh, okay, best drill to watch and worst drill to watch were the same. They were the bench press. Favorite thing about Indianapolis? The steakhouses were good. I went to Prime 47 and, and St. Elmo's, and they were both fantastic. Man, I want to go to a steakhouse now. Uh, how do you get your steak? Medium. No, medium rare. Heath? Uh, me- rare medium. Like, I don't like it rare, but a little bit more rare than medium rare. Okay. Uh, favorite media member to hang out with? Should I get my bottle of water right now? Um, I really enjoyed I said this to them. I really enjoyed it, and, I, and I'm very excited about their coverage. Uh, our two NFL guys that were in there in Indianapolis, and they were also at the Super Bowl, Ryan Wilson and John Breach. Ryan Wilson is now um, basically the face of our NFL draft coverage, and he's doing an unbelievable job. I encourage everybody to follow him. And John Breach has been one of our NFL guys for years. Uh, I've never spent time with them prior to the Super Bowl, and they are awesome, awesome guys. 
Wow. Staying in the CBS family. I like it. Uh, the best meal you had, I guess it was a steak. Yes. So, uh, what was the side probably, dish? What was the best side dish? Um, the best side dish. Uh, the mashed potatoes at, no, the cheese bread at mm. St. Elmo's. Ooh. Yeah, that sounds good. Heath, you go to a steakhouse. What's the must have side dish? I'm usually a baked potato guy. God, it's so boring. Mu- no the mushrooms? Red, red roasted potatoes were great. No mushrooms? Like, mushrooms are the best, right? Mushrooms are fine. Um, it's not, but I, I, I want a baked potato and then either like asparagus or zucchini or something like that as a vegetable. Maybe a little mac and cheese? Yeah, yeah, sure. All right, Jamie, best GM or coach to talk to? Best GM or coach to talk to? Uh, Bruce Arians, coach. Mm-hmm. GM, um, Howie Roseman, because he's a Gator. <laughs> he's he's like your age, right? How old is he? He was he was he was done before I started at Florida, so he he was uh, I guess four years older. Okay, okay, thank you guys. Good stuff. Now let's talk about more. I don't know why I thanked you. Thank you, Jamie, for that insight. Uh, more news and notes. It's a newsy show today. Hey, who's excited about Nick Foles going to Jacksonville? Yeah. No. Hey, all right, Heath, Nick Foles on Jacksonville, which, of course, is not official, or Carson Wentz on Philadelphia. I think that Wentz will have better weapons, so he'll probably, and he has a much better coach, so I, I would say it'll be Wentz. Okay, glad, I'm glad you gave those qualifiers. I just feel bad for the Eagles now because I don't know what they're going to do in December. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Antonio Brown could end up with Washington, Tennessee, or Oakland, according to Adam Schefter. What would be your favorite spot? San Francisco. Of those three. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, hmm. Oakland. Yeah, yeah it's so bad. <laughs> I want to say Tennessee, but I think they could be in the market for quarterback. I, I was thinking, like, if, if he go, if Antonio Brown goes to Tennessee, would you be more, would you have more excitement for Mariota or disappointment for Antonio Brown? Like, which way would the needle there, move more? There, there is nowhere that he is going unless the court, unless it's Patrick Mahomes, Drew Brees, Andrew Luck that I'm going to be more excited about Andrew, uh, Antonio Brown situation. No, no, no. I, I know it's a downgrade, but like, who would have more of an impact? The positive impact for Mariota or the negative impact for Antonio? Positive Brown? for Mariota. Also negative for Corey Davis. <laughs> okay, <laughs> going off the board. I like that. Is there a positive for Corey Davis at this point? I mean, he's just no. been so frustrating. So. Cliff Kingsbury has said that this is according to Tony Pauline, draft insider, that drafting Kyler Murray number one overall is a done deal. There seems to be a lot of smoke here with the Cardinals. Hey, us. Give us all of your picks or we're going to take him. That's what he's saying. I think they're taking him no matter what. I mean, unless the offer is just so overwhelming and I think Washington's going to end up with Josh Rosen. Mm. It is kind of funny how he has shot up draft boards, huh? Uh, Kyler Murray. Borderline first round pick. He's got a good chance so to go number one. We, we had this this conversation. Obviously, it's more NFL than fantasy. Um, which quarterback left Indianapolis in better or worse shape, Haskins or Murray? Oh, Murray. Like Haskins. Haskins Murray. did nothing wrong. Except he, he had a very slow forty time, didn't he? Like over five. Yeah, but I think a lot of people expect him to be slow. Um, and he didn't necessarily have the best passing. He didn't do anything bad. He just didn't like wow people. Okay. So the Kyler Murray, by just getting measured <laughs> and having a better press conference than he did his media rounds at the Super Bowl, did he leave there with a better perception? That's my argument, that he left with a better public perception than Haskins did. Like I think people are looking at him now as the number one oh, for sure. quarterback, yeah. even though I don't think a lot of the NFL personnel people are. I think that he made more gains than Haskins, you know, but he started lower. And he's certainly in the conversation now, much more so than before, as the number one quarterback off the board. And like, like, okay, first it started, he's a borderline first round pick. Then maybe he'd go to the Dolphins. There's no way the Dolphins are getting Murray unless they trade up. So. Oh, no, he, they're both top five picks. Someone's going to trade into yeah, the top. Tops, please be top six. <laughs> uh, well, you saw there was to one the report, Giants. right? About, about who they may be taking? Who, the Giants? Yeah. Who? Daniel Jones. Oh, at we six? A, yep. We have a new list of teams that appear to be the most interested 
in Antonio Brown from Ian Rappaport just 10 seconds ago. Ah, what do we got? The Raiders, so they get two points now because they've been on both lists. <laughs> the Broncos hmm. and the Arizona Cardinals. That'd be fun. Murray to Brown. Cardinals would be interesting if they're able to get multiple picks for Rosen. Right. If you watch some highlights of uh, Kyler Murray, the, the way he throws the ball deep on the run is ridiculous. I mean, you just don't see quarterbacks doing stuff like that. Uh, so the first five picks are the Cardinals, Niners, Jets, Raiders, and Bucks. And Jets will trade out. Yeah, certainly teams that can that could trade down. Certainly. Broncos are going to be interesting if they really want to still draft a quarterback. They're apparently John always infatuated with Drew Locke. It's a great defensive line class, right? Oh, ridiculous. Yeah. So that's not always going to be so fantasy relevant, but uh, a lot of good defensive players going to come off. No, we. I mean, DK Metcalf has put himself in. Top 10 range with his measurables. That dude's a freak. Um, although apparently his three cone time was the same as Tom Brady's. I don't think he's not, he's not a very good route runner yet, right? Like he can go deep. No. But he, and he maybe run a post, but I don't know that he can do much else. No, but the, the physical comps are, you know, you're hearing Julio Jones and T.O. and, you know, guys like that that are just chiseled that can, Move, you know, the David <laughs> Chisel, Chisel does not begin to describe DJ, DK Metcalf. He, he has know, a 1% body fat. The most yeah, ripped person more. I've ever seen. I've never seen anything like this. What is your body fat currently, Adam? I don't know. What do you think it is? It's probably like... Like 18%? Is that too high? I would have gone lower. I think 18 is normal, right? Yeah, I think I'm pretty normal. Like, I don't have any muscle. I just don't have a lot of fat. All those mushrooms. Um... All right, so uh, Baltimore waived Alex Collins after he was arrested on narcotics and gun charges. Fall from grace. Carson Wentz expected to be healthy for off-season workouts. It, do you realize, like, oh, no. I, there are a lot of things, Heath, that I feel like you would like about Carson Wentz. He completed 69% of his passes. He that had a nice. better passer rating than he did in 2017 when he was probably going to win the MVP. Yeah, I, I have him as a top-12 quarterback this year. You do. They need, they need receiver help. I didn't realize he did. I didn't think he would. Uh, you know what he yeah. did a lot last year, though? He fumbled a lot. He had nine fumbles in 11 games. Uh, so that's, I don't know if he, he has a fumbling problem, but something, it was hurting him. It was hurting his fantasy value. How old are you, Adam? 34. So normal, healthy body fat for ages 20 to 39 is about 25%. Oh, gosh, I hope I'm... I could be wrong. This is according to Wikipedia, but I could be reading it wrong. Oh, Wikipedia? Yeah, it's like a little graph thing. <laughs> Wikipedia. Well, Adam's like 65% bone and 20% hair, so... <laughs> I need a haircut, like, so badly. Uh, the Jets are showing little interest in Le'Veon Bell, according to Tony Pauline, who had the Kyler Murray note. He's going to be... Maybe not, but I feel like he's going to be so disappointed by what his final... Contract this is. Todd Gurley thing is terrible for him. Oh, it is terrible. Why commit all that money? Yeah, he got paid a ton and not going to get the return on investment. So I don't remember the last good. time I had the rant about the Steelers like babying Ben Roethlisberger. Were you on that show, Jamie? No, I think you were. I was saying that that they like won't criticize him because they can't afford to lose him. Oh, maybe so. Even though he shouldn't be calling out Antonio Brown, then they go and say that they, they go and say that it's like Ben Roethlisberger and and fifty kids. What fifty two kids, yeah. Fifty two kids. What a stupid thing to say. It, it's amazing to think of what they had a couple of years ago and what they got out of it. It's disappointing. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Colbert, the the general manager, said, "I don't know what everybody's talking about. Drama in our locker room." <laughs> what? Saw, yeah. I don't know about that. All right, so uh, just a few more notes. Adam Gase wants to expand Quincy Anunra's role. Of course, shocking. That, that is shocking. <laughs> we need more two-yard passes, please. He loves Chris Herndon. Oh, my God. That's, he a, love Chris that's a good note. That's a good note. And, then, and they gave Robbie Anderson a second-round tender, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're probably keeping him, too. Yeah, Herndon. How good is Chris Herndon? You, Jamie, if I recall, you really like him, right? Yeah, I do. I think there's there's upside there, and you know, you you go back to Adam Gase's track record. You, you know, again, it, it him and John Elway, I think, are going to get a lot of credit for their careers because they landed Peyton Manning, so that makes things a lot different in in their coaching resumes. But when he had Julius Thomas, he got a lot of production out of his tight end. 
And then when he was the one year in Chicago, the group there got a lot of production without really having a, a singular guy. Uh, Miami was not necessarily the same thing, but if he gets a guy that you know, hopefully can, can build off what he did a year ago, Sam Darnold seems to like Herndon and, and sounds like Gase does as well. He called him a unicorn of a player. I'm looking at Fantasy Pro's consensus ADP, and he is the 15th tight end off the board. He's going after Austin Hooper, which surprises me. You, have yeah, him, you guys I, have I him take, higher than I would take Herndon. 15th, right? I haven't done my rankings yet, but yeah, I, I like him better. I think it's right in that range. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish I'd seen your rankings or, like, you know, can look into your head and get your rankings. Uh, the Chiefs, big babies that they are, are going to propose a rule that gives both teams the ball in overtime. It's a good rule. No, it's terrible. Just play defense. Just it's a good defense. rule. Keep, keep a team out of the end zone. Are you of so the hard. belief that they win the game if they get the ball? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and the Jaguars are looking to trade Carlos Hyde and Malik Jackson. One of their That's a defensive tackle, Malik Jackson, according to ESPN. Is there a scenario where you guys could be excited about Carlos Hyde? Mm, I think anybody that ends up in Philly if they don't do anything draft-wise. I would like to announce I've got a pair of Tom's shoes that I wore to the Willie Nelson concert on Saturday, and then I have a hole in the bottom of them, and I am going to try to trade him. <laughs> See what I can get for him. Gosh, could you be more of a hippie right now? You wore Tom's shoes? What did you, like, eat a bunch of I kale? I have six pairs of Tom's shoes. What? Yeah, six different colors. Oh, wow. I didn't know people still wore those. I thought those were out of style. They might be. This could not have been a good concert, right? It was fantastic. 85 years old, and he plays for almost an hour and a half, almost two hours straight. No opening act, never sits down. He's a legend. Wow, that is, that is actually pretty impressive. That's pretty impressive. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get myself to the Fleetwood Mac concert. I believe they do a cover of Don't Dream It's Over by Crowded House. Which I song I fell in love with after I saw it in Adventureland with Jesse Eisenberg. Nice. Thank you. There we go. All right. Jason Lock and Forrest combine notes. A little bit juicier. The Jets like Tevin Coleman, according to Jason Lock and Forrest. Do you guys like Tevin Coleman on the Jets? Yeah. I mean, I would prefer to see him maybe Baltimore, um, Philly, Tampa. It wouldn't. Yeah. It's not, the Jets are not my first place, first uh, hope for any. Offensive free agents, but it's um, it wouldn't be bad if they want to commit to him. So how good do we think Tevin Coleman is? I mean, you have a pretty good sample size of what he does when he starts. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. But again, I, I like to see him in a, a little bit more of an explosive offense. Like my two, my two favorite destinations for any of these free agent guys would be Tampa and Baltimore, the running backs. Philly would probably be third. Don't the Jets feel, or do the Jets feel like a team that's ready to maybe get to be like a top ten offense? Not not a top five, not a lead or anything, but top ten. Do they feel that way to you? They need a lot of offensive line help. Yeah. I mean, I would rather be a Jets fan than a Giants fan right now, for sure. Wow. But I'm just not sure I'm going to buy into Adam Gase. The thing is, there's just there's never been a point in history where... Since, like, Joe Namath, where it's been better to be a Jets fan than a Giants Except fan. for right now. No, I just, I don't see it. Like, I do see it. I do see it. But what you don't understand is what the Jets really are. And it's I just, guess it, it, it come May 1st, if the Giants come out of the draft with Kyler Murray or Haskins, are you still thinking the same thing? Um, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's a good question. I, I kind of don't think they're going to. They might come out of the draft with Josh Rosen. That'd be interesting. The Jets scored 22 points at Tennessee, 27 points at Buffalo, 22 points against Houston, 38 points in over, uh, yeah, in overtime against Green Bay, and then three points against New England. Uh, those are their final five games or six, yeah, five games. So they started. You like know, if if you were to say star power right now, who which team has the most star power? Oh, Giants, though, right? Giants. Oh, the Giants for sure. Yeah. Well, it's not by much. I mean, Giants really have two stars. I don't know. Most teams have two stars, though, on offense. On offense or just in general? I mean, I guess, do you consider Landon Collins still a star? No. And he's not going to be a giant, right? Might not be. Uh, and then Lock and Forrest saying that Tyrell Williams is expected to get a big payday. I'll remind people, Tyrell Williams was number 13 in non-PPR, number 18 in PPR two seasons ago, or three seasons ago, when Keenan Allen missed almost the entire year. He had 69 yeah, he, he catches. He did miss the entire year. He tore his ACL in week one. Yeah, oh, right. 
right, right about the entire. 69 catches, 1,059 yards, seven touchdowns on 120 targets in 16 games. We're so, doing um, uh, a bunch of free agent previews videos, and uh, Gary Drink. Uh, P. Prisco has him ranked as the number one free agent wide receiver. That's not including Antonio Brown, since he's not technically a free agent, but he likes him better than Golden Tate and better than John Brown. Yeah, I, I don't know if he's going to deserve a big payday, but he's going to get it because of the market. <clears throat> and then could you see him being uh, – would you rather see Tyrell Williams be a number one on a you no. know a team like Washington or like a number two on a better team? I don't want to see anybody go to Washington <laughs> no. until they figure out that quarterback situation. Uh, I, a number two. I don't think he's a true number one. I'd like to see him be a number two on a team whose number one is – like I'd love to see him go to Cleveland. That and, they have and a, be there with Jarvis, yep, right? That's a great call. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that. Uh, this is what don't Lockin go to Baltimore, for, please. Don't go to Baltimore. Yeah, <laughs> this is what Lock and Forrest said. This is a quote: "Nothing I have heard in Indy this week has made me think Alex Smith plays football again. Look for the Skins to add multiple quarterbacks this off season." I, I really just, you know, the the buzz in Indianapolis was Washington's going to be a big, big player for Rosen. Wow. Okay. If and, if they if the Cardinals make a move, was there buzz about? Odell Beckham being on the block because Lock and Forrest saying that execs are chatting about the Raiders giving up a first round pick this year and next year. They have three this year for Beckham. Hypothetical. I mean, you know, Gettleman and, and Shermer shot that down rather quickly. But I can't imagine that if you're in a total rebuild and someone's going to offer you multiple first round picks for any player, you can't ignore that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So. I agree. You know, I mean, knowing that the Raiders are going to have, but I mean, if the Raiders were to give up, what are they, fourth? Number four overall pick? Yes. And then one of the later first round picks, that's, that's hard to pass up. Do you take Josh Rosen and a first round pick next year for Beckham? I think people feel like Josh Rosen is just a bust. I don't know. Obviously, I don't know how oh, the Giants 100% feel. percent they do. Yeah, I don't, I don't think. I don't think it's fair, but. Uh, the Raiders, by the way, have four, 24, and 27. So if you're put on your GM hat, Giants fan, if you're Gettleman and that's the offer, four and twenty-four for Beckham, do you take it? <laughs> yeah, in a heartbeat. And I get to keep the six pick. And right? you get to keep the six pick. You oh. probably have to give up a, a third or fourth. Oh my second. god! Yeah, in a second I do that. So three first-round picks in a draft that's defensive line heavy, which is what the Giants need. Defensive linemen for sure. Defense, defense in general, they're one of the worst defense in football. Oh yeah. Anybody. So four four gets you one of the quarterbacks. Who is worth, like, how many players are worth the fourth, sixth, and 24th picks or whatever? Very few. You're not not getting the six. You're not getting six. You keep six. Six is not yours. Okay. Fourth and 24th. Like, how many wide receivers are worth that? Um, I think Odell Beckham is. Yeah, you'd say Beckham, Michael Thomas, probably just based on age. Odell Beckham, but Odell Beckham's also really expensive. So Michael well, Thomas, you have more salary control. That's why the Giants are shopping him if they yeah, are. Yeah. They're not shopping him because they want to get rid of him. They're shopping because they want to pay him. Oh gosh, if he went to Oakland. Good or bad? Terrible. Not good. Although <laughs> I mean it's not really a quarterback downgrade. That's the thing. I mean <laughs> it's probably that's the same as far as quarterback goes. Except um, for some reason I trust targets. I trust Manning to to give him numbers more than I trust Carr. And it may not be Carr. Do you agree? I know. Look, I know Manning's not that good, but I, but I don't really worry about Beckham's performance with Manning. I would worry about it with Carr. I don't think I'd worry about it with Carr. I think Beckham's good enough. It doesn't really matter that much. He wouldn't be a top five receiver. We got your emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com right after this. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562 562- 
314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. So let's read the emails now. Uh, This is from Travis. He says, Dear Warren, Doug, Jeff, and Joe. Quarterbacks. They feel like quarterbacks. I don't know what they have in common, but they feel like quarterbacks. Uh, Keeper League, I can keep three. Non-PPR, uh, $200 budget. I'm already keeping Juju and Kamara for 11 bucks each. Third spot, do I keep $16 Sony Michelle, $35 Tyreek Hill, $53 DeAndre Hopkins, or a $48 Joe Mixon? Ugh. That's non PPR, you said, right? Non PPR. I mean, it gives you a lot of capital to keep Sony Michelle with those other two guys. And then you could potentially spend the same on DeAndre Hopkins, I would think. Yeah, this is tough because you don't know what the player pool looks like or the money left. I, I'm tempted because you've got Juju and Kamara so cheap to just keep Hopkins because you can afford to. I'd hate to ha- see him go. Like sometimes these auctions guys go for a lot more than they should. So that comes out to seventy five dollars, right? Yeah. That's correct for those three guys. That's a great start. It's a great start, but it's a lot of money for a two hundred dollar budget, though. Yeah. For Juju, Kamara, and Hopkins. I mean, if we were doing it, it's not a lot. Yeah, it's not. It's not. Not for what they're giving back. What you're getting back. Yeah. I don't know. I, I still. If Hopkins went for fifty three last year, I mean, what was he projected as a top five receiver? Right. Yeah. So. You're talking maybe 55, 58. You get Juju, Kamara, and Michelle. For me, that's hard to pass hey, up. Can I just say that Tyreek Hill was the number one wide receiver in non-PPR last year, and he's, in this scenario, $18 cheaper than DeAndre Hopkins. It's a great point, too, yeah. Because I, I sort of overlooked him at first, too, but I kind of feel like maybe that's the answer. Might be. Heath, you want to? I, I did at the very beginning. You I think said, I just go, I, I think I just go with Hopkins. You go with Hopkins, okay. But you didn't. You weren't blown away by the point I made. It, it was a fine point. <laughs> okay, this is Ralph from Manhattan, Manhattan, New York. Dear Hakeem, Mario, Sterling, Russell, and Corey. Hmm. Oh come on, that's easy. These are Giants receivers. Oh. Mm-hmm. Corey Coleman. Standard three receiver league, eighth round keeper, Nick Chubb or Kenny Galladay? I'm going Chubb. Yep. It's good. It's, man, until we get the news of the suspension, it's going to be so interesting to see that guy. <laughs> I can already picture bonus podcast. We just got the Kareem Hunt news. Let's react. It may probably happen next week. Okay, then we don't do a bonus podcast about it. Uh, this is from mm, no name. Mm, let's just say Mark. Dear Devin, Dante, Dion, and Gail. Great returners. Way to cheat, Heath. Oh, this is Dan. Sorry. Dan from a city that is home to the National Institutes of Health headquarters and the hospital where President Trump gets his yearly physical. Okay, that is President, that is Bethesda, Maryland. Okay, thank you, Dan. Very educational. 12 team half PPR, two keeper league. Players can be kept as long as you want for a one-round draft penalty. I'm already keeping Sony Michelle for a seventh. Should I keep Cooper Cup for a sixth? Andrew Luck for a sixth? Cortland Sutton in the eleventh, or Deontay Foreman in the eleventh? I'd probably go Cup if he's healthy. It's about the range he'll go, though. There's no great value here. No. Cup, it is. Jeff from Indiana, Pennsylvania. Oh, curveball. He says, hey, Byron, Shelley, Keats, and Wordsworth. Ah, the, uh, I think those are British romantic poets. (laughs) Such a cheater. Hmm. Uh, okay, Jeff's question is dynasty trade. Sometimes people tell us what the answer is in their email, and I will include that in the show notes, and then Heath will pretend that he's figuring it out, but he's really just reading. 
Whereas Jamie doesn't look, so Jamie is genuinely guessing. I have much greater respect for you doing notes after having to do it when you're on paternity leave. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, notes are notes are fun. So uh, George Kittle, he'd be giving up. No, he'd be getting Kittle and Juju for DeAndre Hopkins, or Kittle and Juju for Kelsey and a second round rookie draft pick. So he already has Kelsey. Um, and he has his wide receivers are not great after Hopkins. It's Christian Kirk, John Ross, and Demarius Thomas. I would trade Kittle, Kelsey and second round pick for Kittle and Juju. A hundred percent. Yeah, it's a good one. Man, now you're starting Hopkins, Juju, Melvin Gordon. Oh, you need running back help too. Yikes. Oh, you need quarterback you're, help. You're not too. getting anything in the second round though. In the second round of a rookie draft? Yeah, nothing. It, it'll be a, a fluke. You know, one of the things that's not projected to be great. Mm, man. Yeah. Well, your team. Your team's, uh, oof. Okay. From <laughs> John. John is in a work league for over 10 years, and now he's moving into a keeper league. Starting with just one keeper from this previous year, and this league has large bonuses, like five points for a 50 plus yard pass. I keep hearing that keeping Mahomes is a mistake, but I can't help but want to. Based on age, I could also keep James Conner, Le'Veon Bell, or Travis Kelsey. Conner. Yeah, I, w- I would keep Conner over those other guys. It's going to be interesting to see though what they do with sharing touches. If they do it for the first time. I would keep Kelsey over Mahomes too. Yep. I mean, right now, I'd probably keep Bell over him. Mm. No. We'll see where he goes. <laughs> it, there's no scenario where. Le'Veon I Bell just hope he's behind he's willing, willing to accept a relatively reasonable offer and go to Tampa Bay. And then I think he'd be, be great. In this scenario, though, where you're just keeping one player, you don't really care about 2020 and beyond, right? You just care about 2019? A little bit. I mean, you know, Dave always asks the question, is it a one-year keeper or is it not? If it's a one-year keeper, then no. If it's, yeah. you know. Right. Yeah, don't keep Mahomes. All right, thanks. Jamie's good to have you back. Heath, it's good to have you back. And we're going to get Dave back later in the week when we do our second episode. Please email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. You can always listen to us on Stitcher, by the way. Our friends at Stitcher do a great job promoting our content. We actually have one of the most popular podcasts on Stitcher, and that's because of you listeners. So thank you for that. Uh, We'll talk to you on Thursday, everybody. See ya. Bye.